If you have your Bibles, open them with me and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting at verse 18. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Well, this is a very an important subject. And I, I what, what I'm going to be talking about tonight, like I said, is if we see, if we see there, there's, there's something that's going wrong, you have to come to the root of the issue. You know, um, I've shared my... Um, I've shared my testimony before, a couple of times. Um, you know, when, when Lisa used to do the testimony nights, I, I shared my testimony. I talked about how there was a point. Um, you know, I, was, I was dealing with a lot of depression and, and anxiety. And I went to see a professional uh, um, psychiatrist. And, you know, I, I wanted, because I felt like I wanted to get to, I wanted to understand the root of the problem. And unfortunately, you know, what, what, what was kind of like one of the first things that was said, you know, like antidepressants are very helpful. Okay, but, but what's causing this? Okay, I wanted to know what, what, what was at the root of this issue. Because yeah, you could, you could pop a pill, but that's not solving the problem. It's kind of like a maintaining of the problem. And so in order to solve a problem, you need to get to the root of the issue. Now, this passage that I read from 1 Corinthians, it's talking about sexual immorality and sexual sin and how it's, it's different from other sins because it's a sin against your own body. And it, it, look at what it says. You were bought with a price. Our bodies, you know, we, we listen, and I, I, I'm very much a believer in, in God's ability to heal us. I believe that, um, you know, that, 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 uh, um, we, we shouldn't look to natural means first, but we should look um, um, to, to, to God as our healer. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't take care of our body. It doesn't mean that you eat McDonald's every day and you say, well, you know, God's my healer. You know, we still need to, to, to look at our bodies as, as something uh, um, um, that's been bought with a price. You know, that these bodies were, were created by God. And so we need to take care of them. It's not, you know, you don't just, just treat your body like garbage and then say, well, you know, God's my healer. It's like, yeah, God is your healer. But that doesn't mean that, it, that we shouldn't, you know, uh, you, you, you eat well as well as you can, obviously. That's why you, pr you pray for your food because there's really not much you could eat anymore that isn't, it doesn't have something in it that's bad, right? So we, we pray that, that God blesses our food, of course. Um, you know, you exercise, you get, you get the proper sleep, you know, you do all those things because our bodies... Uh, are like like the scripture says a temple of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to keep reading, uh, going into chapter seven. Now, for the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to marry, but since there is so much immorality, each man should have his own wife, and each woman her own husband. What is that saying? Now, Paul, okay, I, I mean, I'm not going to go all into this, or I mean, it's already 618. I'm never going to get through it all. But Paul basically talks about how uh, um, he feels it's better to remain unmarried because you'll, you'll be able to dedicate yourself fully to the Lord. 
Um, like look what it says in, in, in uh, uh, chapter 733. A married man is concerned about the affairs of, his wor of this world. How can he please his wife? And his interests are divided. An unmarried woman is concerned with the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of the world, how, how she can please her own husband. So again, Paul is, is trying to say, um, if you're unmarried, you can be fully devoted to, to the work of the Lord. You know, when you come home at the end of the day, you're not thinking about, man, I didn't cook dinner. Or, um, well, we're going to pray, Mary Ellen, for you. We're going to pray for sure at the end of this. Um, and he goes on to say, I'm not saying this to restrict you, but so that you may live in a right way in devotion to the Lord. So, so in other words, um, you know, you're not thinking, well, I gotta, I gotta, uh, um, cook, cook dinner. I gotta do this. I gotta, I gotta make sure the laundry's ready for, for the next day to go to work for my husband, whatever, you know, and you're thinking about all these different matters. And so Paul is basically saying, not saying that, that getting married is a bad thing, but basically saying that if you're unmarried, you have more time to, um, um, to, to, to the devotion of the Lord. So that's what he was addressing in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. But let me read verse 8 and 9 because this is what's important. Listen. Now to the unmarried and the widows I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I am. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. So there, God's giving basically two options, marry or don't marry, <laughs> okay? And if you don't marry, guess what? You remain celibate as, as Paul was. Now, I'm not going to get into the subject of celibacy because it is, um, I know, I, I remember I used to know people who were kind of like, yeah, I have the gift of celibacy. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm not sure that everybody has that, but what Paul was trying to explain here, and again, I'm probably not doing the best job of explaining this because I don't want to stay here. I have way more to get into, uh, but I just wanted to set the stage that God has a particular way of, of, of how we are to conduct ourselves in the realm of sexuality. And when you go outside of that lane, which is, again, two options. You either are married to one wife if you're a man, married to one husband if you're a woman, um, or you remain unmarried and therefore uh, uh, you're celibate. Th those are the two options. There's no third, fourth, fifth option, which is something that obviously the world sees quite differently. But we're not going by the world, we're going by what the Word of God says. So if you want to understand how to live your life, you have to live it according to God's rules. God created it, and so you go by His rules. Look what it says in, in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. Hebrews 13, 4. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer, and all the sexually immoral. So there is a, a way of living. You keep your marriage bed pure. Again, if you're not married, you're not sleeping with anybody. That's how it goes. If you are married, you keep your marriage bed pure. You don't bring another person into it. So that, that might answer some questions that some people might have. Uh, um, you don't bring another wife or husband into it. Sorry. 
for um, for my friends on sister wives. But but you know, one like it says in the scripture, each have his own wife and uh, each woman her own husband, not multiple. <laughs> Just to say, um, and so it's saying there, there, there's strong instructions in the Bible regarding sexual immorality. And I'm just going to, you know, every, listen to me, listen to me carefully. I'm not saying that a married woman, listen to me. I'm not saying that a married woman always will want to keep her baby. Should she get pregnant? However, this, if we're looking, let's look at statistics. I mean, it's an, it's an, it's negligible, negligible for a married woman who gets pregnant to say, I don't want this baby. I'm going to get rid of it for a married woman. Okay. It's negligible. So the, the strong majority of situations in which a woman finds herself having to make a decision about whether she wants to keep her baby is as a result of sexual sin. It's a result of sexual immorality. That is the, the strong, vast majority of situations. It is extremely rare, extremely rare. I'm not, you don't take my word for it. Go and look at the uh, statistics and, and you'll see the, the, the percentage of, of, of a, a, a happily married woman um, who, who happens to become pregnant and says, you know what? I, I don't want this. It's negligible. The majority is a result of some kind of sexual sin. Let's talk about sexual sin. Let's turn to the book of Leviticus, which is now, listen, I want you to know about the book of Leviticus. There's a lot of stuff in here, a lot of stuff that is, um, part of the law that as, as Christians in Christ, we, we no longer adhere to because Christ is a fulfillment of the law. But I started by talking about what Paul was saying in first Corinthians. Is that old Testament? No, it's new Testament. Um, okay. It's new Testament. So of course stuff, I mean, it, listen, uh, I don't, <laughs> Anyways, I'm not going to, it's fine. It's not about my opinion. Um, if you follow me, you know where I, where I stand there. There's, there's anyways, um, Leviticus chapter 18. So it's, it's, it's so remember, um, there's a lot of things in the book of Leviticus that are specific for the ceremonial laws that the, 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 the Jewish people had to follow. They had to follow those laws in order to stay in right standing with God. But when God sent his son to die for the sins of the world, those, those ceremonial laws that were there to keep us pure, now there's been a change. There's been an exchange. It's called the beautiful exchange. There's a great song called the beautiful exchange in which now Christ took the place of, of, of us having to, to do all of these things so that we could be in right standing with God. But there are, there are still other things that we are to follow as Christians, even in the New Testament, even as New Testament Christians. Very important. But let me read uh, a few of these scriptures in the book of Leviticus. Uh, chapter 18, verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You must not do as they do in Egypt, where you used to live. 
And you must not do as they do in the land of Canaan, where I am bringing you. Do not follow their practices. You must obey my laws and be careful to keep my decrees. I am the Lord your God. Keep my decrees and laws, for the man who obeys them will live by them. I am the Lord. And so understanding here that sexual immorality, which Paul covers in the book of Corinthians and in, in a lot of other places, those are things that we still hold to now as Christians. What did it just say? What did I just read in, in Hebrews chapter 13? The book of Hebrews was written to Hebrew Christians. So to, so, so if, 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 so understand this, they, they were basically had to understand that they're no longer under the law, but despite not being under the law, there were still certain commands and decrees that were to be followed that we still follow now. So let's go over to, to chapter, uh, sorry, uh, verse 21. Listen to verse 21. Do not give any of your children to be sacrificed to Moloch, for you must not profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. <laughs> what do we know about Moloch? Child sacrifice, it was a, he was a, an evil, evil God. You know, sometimes... <sighs> I've actually heard uh, people say that there are scriptures in the Old Testament in which abortion is condoned. I, I, this is Old Testament. That's pretty clear to me. Do not give any of your children to be sacrificed to Moloch. I think that, I mean, we could just stop there and say, that's it. There it is. But um, um, anyways, I'm not going to. If, 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 any, if you ever hear that from people, direct them to Leviticus chapter 18, verse 21. Verse 26. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, Auntie Joe, that, that's a good, there's, you know how many stories there are like that? Um, there's a lot of stories like that. But again, th this whole, what, what I'm trying to, to get at here, it wouldn't even be necessary if we followed uh, uh, the commands of God and lived according to his word. These things wouldn't be necessary. So we have to understand why it even exists in the first place. But let, let, me, let me not get ahead of myself. But you must keep my decrees and my laws. The native born and the aliens living among you must not do any of these detestable things. Even people who are not in covenant with God, it was still detestable to the Lord for them to do any of these, uh, uh, um, the, to perform any kind of sexual immorality. Do you understand that? This was not just about God's people being set apart. Not even. Not even other people who happened to live in the land were allowed to do that stuff. That's how detestable it was to God to, to be sexually immoral. It was it, it, the worst things that you could do. Let, let me go to Deuteronomy chapter 22. This one's important. Listen to this. Chapter 22 verse 23. If a man happens to meet in a town, a virgin pledged to be married, and he sleeps with her. You shall take both of them to the gate of that town and stone them to death. The girl, because she was in a town and did not scream for help, and the man, because he violated another man's wife, you must purge the evil from among you. That's true. My dad brings up a good point. 
there's no, there's no, when, when sin is, listen, listen to me. There's a lot of sin that's happening here. Now I'm not, again, let, let me be very clear about, okay. Let me be clear about something. Okay. I, I've never been in that situation. Do you want to know why? I didn't, well, <laughs> again, okay. Anyways, l l let me not get ahead of myself. <laughs> let me just finish reading this. So do you understand how vile it was to the Lord for, for, for this for this sexual relations that happened outside of marriage? Both of them were to be stoned to death. That's how vile it is to the Lord. Do you understand that? You cannot have a light regard for what God considers to be so evil and perverse in his eyes and yet the church takes constantly this light regard well you know um you know i know it's hard for some people it's hard to stay pure no you know why it's hard to stay pure because your your, your eyes and your mind are focused on, on on sin and things that are immoral that's why let me tell you something yeah it, whatever at this point i was i was a virgin when i got married was it, was it, what am I, a, a, a robot? No. I know people in their mid-30s who have not yet found a spouse and are virgins. Are they aliens or something? Is it impossible? No, it's because the world has fed you this lie that you cannot live uh, without fooling around, without sleeping around. You have to experiment. You have to do this. You have to, oh, you're not going to be happy unless you do this. Boy, I, I don't know. Paul certainly seemed fine with dedicating his life fully to the Lord and not even being married. Not that, of course, you you, you could get married. I'm not, I, I already, I already addressed that in the teachings of Paul. But he was, he, Paul lived one of the best lives in terms of, of what he did for Christianity, what he did for the gospel. That's okay, Lou, I forgive you. Lou, look at my face. This is a result of, of goat milk, uh, goat, whatever. It looks great. Right, see, it's working. Um, that's right, Auntie Joe. God, God didn't put, God doesn't put laws in place to, to, to ruin your fun. That's what the world is feeding you. Lies. Lies and deceptions from the pit of hell. That you can't possibly be happy if you stay a virgin. That you can't possibly be happy if you wait until you're married. You know, self-control. I, you're, you're right, Nina, but I, I gotta, you know, I'm glad that you're enjoying it. Um, you know, Paul, Paul makes it clear. If you can if you feel you're not going to be able to handle it, get married, right? He's, that's what he was trying to say because he understands it's not the easiest thing. If, if you have not been commissioned by God to remain celibate, then, then get, by all means, get married. The solution is not to sleep around or to, 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 to test the market. You know, I heard people say, well, you wouldn't buy a car before test driving it, would you? People are not cars. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit bought at a high price. You're not a car. You don't take people for a test drive. Well, if they're good in bed, then I'll marry them. That's what the world feeds you. It's 
trash, it's garbage, it's vile. Verse 25, but if out in the country, a man happens to meet a girl pledged to be married and rapes her, only the man who has done this shall die. Do nothing to the girl. She has committed no sin deserving death. Do you, under, do you understand this? Rape was worthy of death. Rape, so, because I know a lot of people, well, if a girl gets raped, it's not her fault. No, it's not her fault. No, it's not. In the Bible, the man would be killed on the spot. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not undermining what some women might go through. It's awful. Lynn, you nailed it. Objectifying women and men, uh, lust. And I'm going to get to that in a second because Jesus addressed it. Why does rape happen? Because there are people who are slaves to their flesh. They have no control over their flesh because they're not submitted in any way to the spirit. They're completely submitted to the flesh. Verse 27, for the man found the girl out in the country. And though the betrothed girl screamed, there was no one to rescue her. If a man happens to meet a virgin who is not pledged to be married and rapes her, and they are discovered, he shall pay the girl's, the girl's father 50 shekels of silver. He must marry the girl, for he has violated her. He can never divorce her as long as he lives. It's a violation. Vile. A violation. That's what it is. So I am not uh, um, um, being like, oh, well, you know... Uh, um, I'm not, I'm not, I, I want to make sure it's very clear. I'm trying very hard to speak with compassion. It's a terrible thing. God hates it. But why does it happen in the first place? Something that is worthy of death, something that is considered a violation, something that is considered so bad that, that, <laughs> that you don't even survive it. Turn to Matthew chapter five, Matthew chapter five. Verse 27, you have heard it said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body be, to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. What does this mean? It means a sin that causes a moral failure. Here Jesus is emphasizing the terribleness of eternal hell. And there is a better way. If you're watching tonight, say that out loud. There is a better way. And it's provided by the gospel. I'm reading this from, from the Dake uh, Reference Bible. If one will become a new creation in Christ by the new birth, this problem of sinful members will be solved. I'm not telling you, don't sleep with anybody. You're on your own. No, you, you, <laughs> this, is, this is where people get it all mixed up. You can't expect, you know what I'm saying? You can't expect people to be abstinent. 
You can't, you can't expect people to abstain. It's too hard. Yeah, without Jesus, they won't make it. That's why they need to be saved. Listen to me. Too many Christians think that just by putting laws, that's going to solve the problem. It's not. It's not going to solve the problem. Because you need to understand that it's merely a band-aid solution. We still have a responsibility. Favorable laws are helpful, yes. But the root of the issue, the disease is sin and the cure is Jesus Christ. You have to understand that the only way to prevent these terrible things from happening is a transformation from the inside out of a person. And the church has left its responsibility, left it to the government. Uh, the government will take care of it. Those other people will take, will take care of it. Verse 31. It has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for marital unfaithfulness, causes her to become an adulteress. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. This other note. If the divorce was granted for fornication, a sin God looked at as most serious, the divorce was legal and sanctioned by Christ. Understand this. Understand this. God hates divorce. He hates it so much that if you get divorced and you marry somebody else, you're committing adultery. That's how much he hates it. But Jesus left one, uh, um, actually he, he leaves another one if there's an, an, um, an unbelieving partner. Uh, that you find that later in the scripture, uh, uh, then the wife is not bound to an unbelieving husband. Okay, so that, that's, I suppose, the second uh, caveat. But understand how much the sin of fornication, how much God detested that the, a divorce would be allowed in that case. Und do you understand that? Do you understand how serious God takes that sin? Yeah, Sheba, exactly. Do you understand how serious God takes that sin? That's <laughs> no joke. But for whatever reason, it's like no one ever talks about it. No one ever talks about that stuff. No one talks about this. Why? It's too, it's too much. You know, oh, we can't, you know, people, we're, we're all human beings. You know, we have needs. You know, you, you hear that stuff. Oh, you know, man, men have needs. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> You think Paul wasn't a man? You think Jesus wasn't a man? Yeah, they were men. They were people. But their life was on a different track. When they made a decision, God comes first in everything. And there is a way to live. That if you stay in God's lane, it'll, it'll help you. Listen, listen to this. If you do it God's way, if you do it God's way, you're not going to be unhappy. Oh, you know, you can't possibly be happy if you don't fool around. You can't live without sex. You won't make it. Okay. Well, <laughs> do it God's way. Yeah, that Auntie Joe, you said it. We live in a world of instant gratification. It's microwave world, right? It's microwave world. Um, even more than that, not just microwave. It's like, um, has anyone ever seen? I'm going to get to the, the question, Sheba, in a second. Have, has anyone ever seen the movie Back to the Future? Great movies. Love them. 
And and so they're in the future, which at the time of the movie, the future was 2015, which is kind of funny because it seems so long ago. And they had this oven um, they, where they, they said hydrated. So they put this tiny little pizza in. They put it in, like literally put it in, ding, took it out, and the big pizza was ready. So that's like, that's even more than a microwave. That, you can't even wait for like 20 minutes to cook a pizza. Two seconds. Yeah, Black and Decker. That, that people, everything has to be right away. You can't wait for anything. You're not patient for anything. That's the world system. I just want to read this question from Sheba. Uh, what about unbelievers, two separate individuals, people divorced their spouse and then got married? Um, okay, so I'm assuming that you're asking if like, people get divorced while they're unbelievers. I don't, um, everything that happened before you got saved, that's washed away. Okay, that's washed away. I don't believe that, um, I, I don't believe that that would, if, assuming that that's what you mean by the question. Because um, I, know, I know Christians now who have been divorced, but they were divorced before they were saved. So God is, that's washed away. Once you're in Christ, uh, the old is gone, the new has come. It's no longer, you're, you're not bound to that anymore because you weren't in Christ, right? Um, so I hope that answers the question. Um, that's right, John. John says people don't understand the emotional damage that casual sex afflicts. Absolutely. You do it. L let me tell you something. Let me ask you this. If two people, a man and a woman, they, they wait, they're virgins and they get married. Uh, um, and so they, they didn't have any, any sex before they got married. Um, are they going to pass STDs onto each other? No, they're not. If, if you wait and you, you wait for the Lord to direct you to the, to the, to the right person, um, and you know you're both in Christ, you know that, that this is the right thing for you to get married, are you going to be divorced in six months? Probably not. Are you going to be on Judge Judy fighting over a couch? No, probably not. You do things God's way and life's better that way. People seem to think that God's way is like to, to, to suck the fun out of everything. On the contrary. I have never had more fun in my life than when I was fully, because that's now, fully devoted to the Lord. Not half in. That's when I was most miserable. When I was a, a Christian in, 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 you know, because I was saved, but I wasn't fully living right. That's the worst, you know. And sin, you know, sin is something. Um, Nina, it doesn't stay up here for long, but my podcast here, I'm just going to type in um, my personal Instagram channel. Uh, so that way you can, you can find... Um, I have a podcast. I'll post the podcast after this because um, the broadcast usually doesn't stay up long. Um, so that's my that's my personal Instagram there. Um, but thanks for joining. Wait, and let me let me see what Sheba said here. Many de need deliverance from soul ties. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and some people. Do you know Sheba? Because I remember I was raised to understand that the, the whole soul tie thing. And you know that there are Christians now that are like, oh, that's silly. That they're trying to like undermine that stuff. And it's like, oh, it's no big deal. No, you, you're... <laughs> Listen. Yeah, that's right, Lynn. His laws... God loves... He's not... God's ways are perfect. Do you understand? God's ways are perfect. 
His laws are perfect. He has set in place the perfect way for us to live. It's when we go outside of that. Again, it's like I said before. If find me a happily married woman who wants to get rid of her child. Probably not. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. I suppose it might. But I'm going to I'm going to venture to say that 99% of the need for abortion is some form of sexual sin, whether it be rape, whether it be incest, or whether it be sex outside of marriage. I'm not ready for a baby. Then don't have sex. And you're like, "Oh, that's that's expecting too much." Okay. Well, then then what do you want me to say? And that goes for the men too. If you're not ready to be a father, then take that into consideration in how you live. And you know, the, the, and then people say, well, Christians only care about life before birth. They don't care about after. There's no, um, <laughs> that's true, Shiva. Um, sexually transmitted demons, yeah. Like monkeypox. Anyways, I'm not going to get into that. Where do you think it came from? From a loving a marriage between a man and a woman? No, it doesn't come from that. Oh, you know, Christians only, they don't care about after. Oh, really? Who? <laughs> man. That's what people say because they want to justify the, the evil, vile murdering of babies. That's why. And I understand. Listen, listen to me. And I just want, I saw a tweet today and I need to read this. This was important because then you hear, well, um, you know, it puts women in danger. Okay. Let me read this. Every pro-life law allows treatment for ectopic pregnancies, miscarriages, and medical emergencies where the woman's life is at risk. You can get treatment. If there's a problem, if there's something there, you can, you're not, not allowed to get the treatment. Come on. Yeah, that's right. Oh my good, great comments tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm missing them. My mom says they create their own ju justification to sin. Absolutely. You need to find a, a justification to do what you want to do. So you change everything else. What Auntie Joe says, the manufacturer, if you, if somebody makes a car, when I, <laughs> so like my husband, my husband's kind of like a do it yourself guy when it comes to his car. And so he needs to sometimes like refill the, um, the, uh, radiator fluid or something like that. I don't really know much about it. Do you know what he does? He goes to the manufacturer of the car to find out which is the correct fluid to use in his car. Do you want to know why? Because the manufacturer of the car knows how to get the best out of the car. He doesn't go to the store and say, mm, I think it's this one. No, what do you know? You didn't make the car. You don't get to decide the rules of how that car is to run. You go straight to the manufacturer and ask them, what is the best thing for this car? And God knows exactly what gives us a fulfilled life. And if you do it his way, you will have a very fulfilled life. Whether you're single or whether you're married, you go according to God's law and God's plan. That's how we live. And then you won't have a need to go to a clinic and kill your baby because you're 16 years old and you slept with your boyfriend. 
Where's the parents anyways? I'm not ready to be a mom. I can't afford to take care of a child. But you can afford to sleep around, can't you? Turn to Proverbs chapter 5. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, Lynn. And that's because this is this is what I'm trying to say. You think that now women are just going to die in the streets because of, of problems that they're having with the pregnancy? No, they, they, they can still get treatment. Come on. It's like nobody can nobody can ever think about two things at the same time. Do you understand that? Um... Mary, Mary Ellen, you're 53. You look good for 53. <laughs> um, and that's your choice, right? You, you make a choice. People make a choice. Um, you know, and people, people can't have two, two trains of thought at the same time. You know, it's, it's like, oh, all the women are going to die. All the women are going to die now. There's no safe treatments. It, it is all lies. They're, it's true. They are trying to misinform. 92% of all abortions are elective, not due to poverty, rape, or problems with the fetus. That's, that's a staggering number. Don't worry, Mary Ellen. We're going to pray. Um, is that right, Lynn? That's interesting. I love that you guys are like informed because you helped me out. 92% uh, are elective. As a result of casual sex, I, I, oh, I'm old enough to have sex. Okay, then you should be old enough to have a child then. You're right, Mary Ellen, it can be done. You know, it's called the, uh, go for <laughs> I, I saw this funny thing. I, I apologize if it's like whatever, but um, they're like, if you could wear a mask, you could wear a condom. Yeah. Anyways, there it is. Um, yeah, the numbers are actually from Planned Parenthood. Because listen to me, I want to make something very clear. Rick, I think you're going to get your wish about this going longer than an hour. Um, so I want to make something clear. I am all about uh, uh, not forcing people to do anything. I'm all about that. Okay. I'm all about that. Um, I don't want to be forced to have to put anything in my body. Um, I don't want to have to be, you know, have my job depend, depend on it. Um, but you know, the, the, the reality is here is that you're talking about you. If the world decides that a fetus is not alive, then that's why, the, that's why they could do this. Cause well, it's, it's not a human, so it doesn't matter. But if you establish that it's a human, then suddenly this is not your, your body. This is somebody else's body that happens to be living inside your body. Ladies, listen to me. It's not easy. Do you think that it's easy to be a woman and have to, to bear the responsibility of a pregnancy? No, it's not easy. But again, you, you do things right and you're not going to find yourself in that situation. And again, and again. Stuff that's not your fault because it does happen. Rape exists. And I and I, I have a lot of sympathy for it. Okay? But again, it's a result of evil 
and sin and wickedness in this world because lusting, you know, you, because again, you, you've, look, you're looking at something and you're deciding this needs to be mine. So I am going to force myself on them regardless of whether they want it or not. That's wickedness. What's the solution to that? What's the solution? You know, I, I know, um, isn't there sterilization we can do till they all get married? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's, you know, because again, it's like I'm trying, it's like I'm trying to say, I, I'm not going to expect an unsaved person to be abstinent. They never will be. They need to be saved. Do you understand? The solution is for them to be saved. That's how you're going to flee from sexual immorality. Through salvation, through, through putting off the sinful nature and putting on the new nature that is in Christ. Listen to Proverbs chapter 5, verse 15. Drink water from your own cistern, running water from your own well. Should your springs overflow in the streets, your streams of water in the public squares, let them be yours alone, never to be shared with strangers. You have to understand what that means. May your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth, a loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breast satisfy you always. May you be captivated by her love. Why be captivated, my son, by an adulteress? Why embrace the bosom of another man's wife? For a man's ways are in full view of the Lord. He examines all his paths. The evil deeds of a wicked man ensnare him. The cords of his sin hold him fast. He will die for lack of discipline, led astray by his own great folly. God takes this very very seriously and for the men out there you know this it all falls on the women's shoulders all the time you teach men to be men to take responsibility for their actions and responsibility for what they do and how do how does that happen by raising them in the fear and admonition of the lord that's how but that's the complete opposite so the world teaches you do whatever you want and then if you get into trouble kill the baby that's what they teach you the complete contrary to what the word says. And then we have to fight with each other and, 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 and go crazy and have churches preaching this crap from the pulpit. To all, to all to try and figure out how are we going to solve this? What are we going to do? Oh, the cat's out of the bag. Well, how about this? How about you contend for revival? How about you contend for a spiritual awakening in this world? Instead of fighting with your friends on Twitter. I believe this. Oh, I believe this. Who cares? What does the word say? The evil deeds of a wicked man ensnare him. That's what happens when you stray off the path. Whew. I don't know where you are, but it's hot in here. <laughs> I'm like, I'm down in my basement where it's usually cold, but... Not today. Last scripture I want to read tonight. Ephesians, no, sorry, second to last. Sorry, it's going a little long. But this is important. Ephesians 4 verse 17. 
Yeah, you're right, Sheba. It is it, because back in the day, that wasn't the case. Not to say that it didn't happen. It happened, but it was rare. It was like considered taboo. It's like, you know, we don't live like that. But now it's just, it's a free for all. It's a free for all. Yeah, you do whatever you want. No, and there's no consequences. You could just get rid of the problem. Wow, a child. You know, I'm not like the, 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 the person who's like all about kids per se, but geez, you know, because probably listening to me, you're like, well, what do I know? Well, I know that I value life. That's what I know. I know that children are a blessing from the Lord. I see my husband joined to play the game because he's at work right now. We're a little bit behind, <laughs> but I'm almost done. Ephesians chapter four, verse 17. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened from their, in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance, <laughs> Sheba, because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on your new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. There is a better way. Don't look at a sinner and say, be abstinent. They're going to laugh in your face. The solution is to let them know that there is a way that you can be transformed where you put off the desires of your old nature and take on this new nature in Christ where you're not given over to the lusts of your flesh, where you're not given over uh, um, to, to, to doing things that, that are wicked and one wicked thing just leads to another. Luke chapter 5, this is my last scripture. <clears throat> Verse 27. Actually, let me go to verse 30. The Pharisees saw, because Jesus was, was eating with the, the sinners, right? The Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to the disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Friends, that is the answer. That's always the answer. Christ came to bring sinners to repentance. On your own, you're not going to be able to submit to God's laws because you don't even know why you have to in the first place. The church has, I'm sorry, but has not ours. I meant in general, has dropped the ball. They stopped teaching important things. They stopped teaching about sin. They stopped teaching about the consequences of your actions. They stopped teaching about wickedness. They say, well, we don't want to push people away. Well, it wasn't a problem, you know, 40, 50 years ago. 
Now, all of a sudden, you have a light regard to sin, and now we wonder why our country's in the shape that it's in. But it's not too far gone. It's certainly not. Because I know there's a remnant of people who still believe. There's a remnant of people who still know and understand there's a better way, and I'm going to be one of those people who shares the gospel to my generation, who still believes that there is a way for people to turn from their wicked ways and to turn to life in Christ, in Jesus' name. That they don't have to be, be brought over to the, to the lust of the flesh, but rather they can come into right relationship with Christ. And I know it's not easy. I'm not, you know, I, again, I want to make it very clear. My heart is for people who are in trouble, who need help. That's why we're here, church. That's why we're here. If you're going to celebrate a law being passed, you better couple that with a whole lot of prayer and saying, all right, now we have a job to do because now there are going to be children that need homes. Now there are going to be mothers who need help. Now are there going to be fathers who need to take responsibility? If, that, if that's what's going to happen, then we need to step up even more. Take our responsibility as the church. If you're listening tonight, or listening later on the podcast, and you don't know Jesus, and you want to say, listen, I hear what you're saying. How do I, how do I come into right relationship with God? How do I come to a point where I can put aside the deeds of the flesh and take on this new nature? How do I do that? Well, you pray this prayer. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart that, that Jesus is Lord, confess with your mouth that, that, that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. For if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, that's how you do it. So pray this prayer with me. Pray it out loud, out of your mouth. Say, Father, I thank you. I thank you for sending Jesus to set me free. I thank you for sending Christ to die in my place. Now today, I believe and I accept him as my Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart that he rose from the dead and I confess out of my mouth and repent of all my sin and my wrongdoing. I choose to follow Jesus all the days of my life. Thank you that I am now saved. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, please message me, message the church, this Instagram account. Um, we want to know who you are. Welcome to the family of God. That's true. Because when we're separated from God, there's a void that only he can fill reconciliation to the father is the only way to find peace in life to find hope in life to find joy in life mary ellen if you're still listening i hope you are i want to pray you said you're not feeling well put your hand on the afflicted part of your body i don't know if it's if it's kind of like your whole body feels bad then just just put it on the top of your head and and if there's anybody else who's feeling sick in their body because you know um there is there is a two two pronged effect that Jesus had on the cross. He delivered us from our sins and he delivered us from our sicknesses. Both of those things were dead and buried when Christ died on the cross for us. We no longer have to take either of those two things. 
our sin and sickness. It is now gone thanks to, to new life in Christ. That the moment that Christ raised from the dead and that veil was torn in two, we can now experience healing from both sin and sickness. So if you're not feeling well tonight, just like I said, put your hand. Um, all right, man cold. <laughs> then um, wherever it feels worse. Or like I said, put, put your hand on your head. Put your right hand on your head. Um, and believe with me. Listen, I, it, you know what? <sighs> There's a lot of people who are like, well, you know, I prayed for healing and it still didn't come. Listen to me. You, God wants you healed. So if you're still sick, you got to keep believing to be healed. That's all I can say. I mean, I, I don't, this isn't a teaching about healing, though I, I certainly would do that. I have done that in the past. Um, and there's a great book that I highly recommend. I believe the church actually gave it away, which was, you know, that our church is great. Let me tell you something. To give away that book to everybody called Healing the Sick, that's going to that's gonna give you everything you need to know. But tonight... Put your right hand on any place of your body that might be afflicted. If it's your whole body, put it on the top of your head. And I'm going to pray and believe, believe in the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Believe that God's your healer and believe that, that part of why Christ came was to take our sicknesses from us. Father, I thank you. <laughs> I might win. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are our healer. I thank you that just as it says in your word, that you said, I am the God that healeth thee. Healing is not what you do. Healing is who you are. And your word says, worship the Lord your God and I will take sickness from among you. Thank you, Father. Thank you that we know that through Christ there is healing for all our sickness and all our disease. I pray right now for every single person that might be feeling sick in their body, that might be dealing with sickness. I curse that foul sickness in the name of Jesus, that it would come out of their body. It does not belong in the body of a child of God. The, 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 the child of God is no home for sickness because sickness is not allowed to come towards the dwelling of the child of God. We're in covenant with God. And as a result of that covenant, we know that we have healing from sickness in Jesus' name. So Father, I pray that your healing power would come into their room right now, into Mary Ellen's room right now, that she would start to feel better immediately. That just as, as Jesus laid hands on people, even though I can't lay hands on her right now, that she would still feel the healing power of God from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. And for anybody else who might be suffering in their body today, that is not how you designed us to be. That is not how you created us to be. You created us to be healed and whole in the name of Jesus. And I pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for that name. That name that's above every other name. Amen. Let it be so. Receive it now in Jesus' name. Let it be so. Amen.